The Ringer's Charles Holmes and co-host Grace Spellman present the most notorious new podcast in the industry, The Ringer Music Show. Every Tuesday, they'll bring you the latest news, the hottest takes, and the deepest reporting about the wild world of music and the chaotic industry that creates it. Check out The Ringer Music Show exclusively on Spotify. At Walt Disney World Resort, magic is found in spontaneity, the unplanned, the unexpected, an inside joke born in the Haunted Mansion queue, a surprise stitch sighting in Tomorrowland, watching fireworks from your room. These memories aren't made from predetermined plans, but manifested from simply being present and together in the most magical place. Find your moment at Walt Disney World Resort. This episode is brought to you by Brooks. Calling all running nerds, Brooks has just dropped the Go 16, a sweet name for an even sweeter shoe. If you're looking for comfort for that morning jog or when you're hopping on that treadmill, look no further than the Go 16, which has a nitrogen-infused cushioning. That means it's nice, soft, and lightweight. So you got the comfort, but you don't sacrifice the speed. Turn those everyday miles into everyday endorphins in the better-than-ever Brooks Go 16. Click or tap the banner to learn more. Welcome into the Ringerverse. This is, of course... The Ringer's Nexus podcast feed for all things fandom. It's instant reaction time, and you are listening to Six Steve Allman, Jomi, the explainer, a dinner on Van, old man Van, and Coke, baby closer Chuck. Together, we are known as the Midnight Boys. That's what we do, baby. Uh, A couple of programming reminders. Coming at you. Coming at ya. This Friday, Mal is going to have her deep dive into Star Wars Visions. We are very excited about Star Wars Visions over here at the old El Ringerverse. It looks to be a breath of fresh air into the Star Wars universe and also into the fandom space. We can't wait for that. All right, Mal is going to have a deep dive this Friday. You have to follow us on Ringerverse on socials. That's Facebook group. Hello, Facebook. Twitter and on Instagram. All of the socials. We demand engagement. Okay? That's what we demand. Guys, if you don't give us engagement, man, like, Jomi's on the cutting block. We're trying to save his job. So run those yeah. numbers up. Yeah. Pump it up for Jomi. If you want Jomi's job saved, we need you to engage. Okay? All right, there you go. For Jomi, hashtag, <laughs> every time you guys tweet something to the Ringerverse, <laughs> I want you to put hashtag for Jomi. Wait, no, I think it should be hashtag save Jomi. Let's start hashtag, with the hashtag save, save Jomi. <laughs> every time you tweet something to the Ringerverse, hashtag save Jomi. We love Jomi. Can we talk about how much fucking we love Jomi real quick? I mean, he broke my heart a little bit by flip flopping sides, but I think we've, 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 We've mended fences. I heard you guys had a little bit of a sleepover over the weekend with Steve playing damn, video games without me. It damn near was a sleepover. We stayed up to Steve's house and uh, <laughs> he was there like 1.30, 2 o'clock in the morning. Steve had to give me a ride home. 
Yeah. Steve, yeah. Steve had to give me a ride home. Jomi was getting calls from the folks wondering where he was. Were Wait, does Steve, like, did you ever have one of these kids, like, Van, at, like, your school where, like, you would go to, like, the white kid's house and he got, like, all this shit? Like, he got the home <laughs> theater, got all the video games? I feel like Steve got that. Steve had it all. He had all the games. <laughs> he had unreleased Marvel comic book cards. I left with a book. You know, he gave me Gotham Central. He had VR. We played Spider-Man. Steve's house looked like the perfect house that a girl has never been to. It, it's Steve. really a miracle that any of them give me the time of day. Yeah. yeah. Nah, Steve out here. Steve out here getting. Oh, I can tell. I can tell. <laughs> I can I can tell Steve's Steve's the he's the guy that comes in. He's unassuming. And the next thing you know, the girl wakes up and she's wearing his Captain America t-shirt. <laughs> he still All needs right. some plants, though. He still needs some plants. He needs so some a little plants. foliage. A little no foliage. plants. I really do no need to plants. get some plants. I just moved. I need to get some plants. I'm sorry. Wait, are we going to do? Plants. Are we going to do a secret Santa here at the Midnight Boys? Maybe, maybe whoever does a secret Santa for Steve should get him some plants. <laughs> yeah, we should. We should do secret Santa, Midnight Boys, secret Santa, and then we can get Steve some plants. I don't know what people would get me. Probably some like Bosley, hymns. <laughs> oh, oh. Oh, do we want to talk news, about it? News just came in. News just came in. It's breaking. Charles, you're coming to Los Angeles. When is this happening? Hey, man, the Super Bowl for us nerds is coming up soon. I've been, I've been, I've been telling them. I'm like, guys, we need to meet in person because the MCU got some, got some stuff cooking, and we can't be doing it over Zoom. You feel me? Let me tell you guys, it's gonna be like Voltron. Like when Voltron <laughs> all gets together, we just unite the Midnight Boys, the Midnight Mafia. Because we got the Midnight Boys, that's the group. But then outside of the Midnight Boys, we got the Midnight Mafia. Because just people that are uh, affiliated with us. And that's mad. The team's growing. The team's growing. I can't wait, man. All right. Okay. Now, look, uh, we got to get back to what we're doing right now, which is talking about this episode of What If. What if Thor was a party Thor guy, okay? Party <laughs> Thor, I guess that's the thing. All right, what if Thor never had Loki as his brother is the name of the episode, right? What if Thor never, what if Loki was never adopted? And a, that completely changes the trajectory of Thor's life. Uh, I actually did research on this and only children and the difference between only children and actually children who have siblings. I've got some extra little nuggets to add. Uh, in this when we when we uh, when we get to it. We also have a little game of groupthink, something that we're doing here on the Midnight Boys at PPU, something new. And we're going to answer some of your midnight mail questions. But it is time. We are five minutes in. We have to talk about what if that is the headliner of this show. And as always, we have to do this because you guys demand a spoiler warning on a show that is specifically to react to a show. Just think about that. Look in the mirror. Look in the mirror is all I'm asking. Steve, roll it. We're getting ready to talk about the episode. You're listening to a reaction podcast. The spoilers are coming. The spoilers are a coming. Because that's what we do here. Get out of my face. I'll jump all over all of you. So here's the thing. Uh, this episode, what if, episode seven, what if Thor was an only child? We go from the beginnings of Thor uh, in Asgard. We change it up. 
rather than Odin keeping Loki, he returns him to the Frost Giants, which means Thor is an only child. Of course, he doesn't know about his sister. She's somewhere cast out by Odin. So Thor is raised by himself, which changes Thor and leads to a party that threatens the safety of the entire world, our world, that world being Earth. Quite possibly the most whimsical and silliest what if yet. Charles, what were your thoughts on this episode? Uh, like when I go to a party in life, hence party Thor, uh, generally I'm like, hey, cool, I showed up. Uh, probably will not be coming back for a couple months. So everybody say your eyes. I'm going back to be alone. That's how I felt about party Thor. How did you feel? You, you, you were down a little bit. You were negative. You were very depressed after the last three or four What If episodes, and you finally got one full of whimsy. How did you feel after the first watch? Um, I liked it. So here's the thing. I liked it. <laughs> it, it so, don't couch Don't couch it, man. Like, I saw you winding up to couch it, bro. I'm don't not couching couch it. it. Hey, 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 I'm not couching anything. I'm not a coucher. I don't, I'm not Jeremy Lin. I don't sleep on anybody's couch. Dog, that wind-up was fucking wild, bro. Charles, why don't you let me, why don't you let me be who I want to be, man? Why don't you let me be the guy <laughs> who sees the silver lining? You know what? I want a new nickname. I want a new nickname. Add to my nickname, too, because we're all getting more it nicknames, right? I want to be called <laughs> Mr. Silver. Okay. Mr. Silver. Mr. Silver. Is that, I see the, the, is that the pepper in your beard? You know, you know what I'm saying? It's not, it's not coming in yet. It's not coming in yet. Like it, I saw my <laughs> friend Nick, he's got a little some pepper coming into his beard, but mine isn't coming in yet. You know, who knows? But I want to be Mr. Silver because I can see the silver lining. Look, I was begging for a tonal shift in what if. What if had kicked me in my balls three episodes in a row? We got <laughs> <laughs> we got Doctor Strange Supreme. We got Doctor Strange Supreme. We got uh Marvel zombies, and then we got the death of all the Avengers. I was like, hey, look, we need we need something tonally uh, a little bit different, a little bit lighter. And they definitely gave the, that to us with this episode. I thought the episode was quirky. I thought it was cool. Um, to be honest with you, it did make me appreciate the darker stuff a little bit more because it seems it, like there's yeah, more yeah, way man, to he it. He was yeah. wishing, and they gave, it, they gave you what you want, and you're like, man, like, my old girl was was better than I thought. It's just, <laughs> I guess the thing was, this is what if in the sense, to me, it's a more traditional sort of take on what if, because this is a completely different character of Thor. But it's different enough. The, the Thor that we is first met. Is it different met, enough? This was my one thing. Okay. I thought it didn't have that last twist that the best episodes have. Because if you're like, the what if is essentially like, what if Thor was an only child? And I'm like, you need one more thing to make it like a little bit weirder. Like T'Challa being Star-Lord and being in the Guardians of the Galaxy. That's, that's out of here. Like that's taking just like, Thor uh, out of his world, you mean? Yeah, and like party Thors. I'm like, this is just the Thor that we saw in the first movie for the first act where he's just like a little irresponsible. He's like partying around and they're just like, we're just going to give you a whole episode of that. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. It just didn't have that one last twist that kind of made me think like, oh, I think of the character different now. Like I didn't walk away thinking of Thor as a different character. You know what I mean? Yeah, true. I, I guess my thing is it was a little, I looked at the what ifiness of it because you have a fight between Thor and Captain Marvel. You have some real, some real stuff that probably wouldn't happen. All of the cool cameos that pop up. 
Uh, and it seemed like something out of a parody, which there were one shots of what if there were issues of what if that seemed like parodies and not so yeah. much just like, and that kind of gave you this feel a little bit. I will say something. It is Thor from the first act, but he does have a much different view of humanity than he did in, even in the first act of his movie. I mean, he didn't get there in the first act, but by the time Thor got cast out to earth, he had a much different relationship. He had way more respect for humanity off the bat. Yeah, that's true. Did he did he did in this episode because he's like partying and destroying our world and no one can stop him. My thing about episode seven is is Loki not being Thor's brother a significant enough development to make that character of Thor party so much that he destroys the earth? They they. There wasn't enough weight given to why Loki not being Thor's uh, adopted brother would cause him to be so callous, so reckless, uh, and so unthinking and really to a degree unfeeling. Don't get me wrong. He's a great guy to party with, but he's the kind of guy that parties at your crib and destroys your whole house. I didn't really, I didn't think they sold it well enough or explained it well enough, should I say, why that altering that piece of his life story would fundamentally change him so much. I mean, I do think that they needed one more scene because all we got is like a few pictures of Thor and Loki being brothers. And I do think if you got one more scene to realize like, hey, if Thor doesn't witness evil, he can't really know what good is. If he doesn't know what someone who's so irresponsible is, he can't learn responsibility. All you needed was a scene to really sell that. I totally agree with you. Because without that, you just got a very quirky and funny episode without like the emotional heft of like him just being alone his entire life, not having that camaraderie with a brother or even that competition with a brother that has driven Thor. And I think what made me realize that is we just got the Loki series. So we just realized how instrumental the brotherhood was to Loki and his understanding of who he was and not getting it in this episode it was just a beat that they just needed to add in there that I thought they missed. Yeah. And it didn't only change Thor. It apparently changed Frigga too because it as soon as Odin went into the Odin sleep, she poked his face and like, yo, I'm going to hang out with my sister now. <laughs> you know? So like, not, it changed her, but that's the real, that's very real. That is kind of real. <laughs> that's very real. That is kind of real. It's like, hey, you going to be asleep? All right, man, we about to go over here and watch Real Housewives of Asgard. You know, Real Housewives <laughs> of the Nine Realms. Do you think they watch reality TV on Asgard? Hell yeah, they got the interdimensional cable like they do in Rick and Morty. That would so be so crazy right there if Frigga's watching like... If, but it would be crazy if she actually watched like the actual Real Housewives. Like if they're actually <laughs> watching that in Asgard. You know what I mean? Wait, but can I can I pose a real quick question to you? Can sure. we just like we're we're dancing around the episode? I want to get right to it. Did they have a big orgy in the middle of this with like Thor, Kinda. the Warriors Three, Rocket Raccoon? Like everybody was just like, "Yeah, let's go at it." Kinda, because I I, I, I people with Disney did right. <laughs> so Disney, so Disney had everybody wake up, right after this crazy night, and then Disney had. Jane Foster wake up in a bed in a room by herself. Slick. 
I'm slick. <laughs> I tell you why I was slick because we all know, we all know what went down. Because even Darcy knew. Uh, it, Darcy it, made a joke about it. Darcy, is that what the kids are calling it now? Even Darcy knew. But everybody, what's his name, was in there with some. He had some goats around him. It was going down. Uh, there was some good comedy in this episode. Uh, my guy, Howard DeDuck, was back. And I feel vindicated by Howard DeDuck's uh, appearance in this, by the way. Because he was getting it in. Because he was, uh, once again, when I brought up the fact that in the Howard DeDuck movie, Howard <laughs> DeDuck had some chemistry with Leah Thompson. Everybody on this, I'm talking to you, Steve. I'm talking to you, Jomi. I'm talking to you. Uh, Coke Baby Chuck. Everybody was acting like something was crazy, yet you saw Howard do it again, this time to fucking Kat Dennings, who is ridiculously beautiful. And not only does Howard get a little flirtation with her, one minute they go into the uh, the salad bar or they're going to get some half-price food or whatever, and the next minute, nuptials. My man Howard He's the man. Was- busy like just pulling up from half court he like all right you want some half half off nachos boom married that was also darcy darcy was kink shaming jane foster a little bit and i'm like all right darcy you're you're married to a duck let's not kink shame anybody here you know what i'm saying (laughs) howard the duck we gotta if disney if disney had the stomach if they had the fortitude they would give us a whole R-rated Howard to Duck animated series. Like a Harley Quinn level. Like like a Harley Quinn level piece of like Howard to Duck debauchery. I want Howard Duck botchery is what I want. I want Duck botchery. I want Howard to Duck all over. It doesn't have to be overtly violent or sexual or anything like that. I just want an R-rated Howard to Duck series is what I want. They bite around the edges with Howard. It's too it, cute. Like, even this yeah. episode, it was like a little wink-winky. I'm like, nah, they got to go all in. Got to go all in. Uh, so, Loki comes back. He's now an ice giant. He is huge um, as an ice giant. Uh, I enjoyed seeing him because, you know, you only get to see him purple up a couple of times in, during the MCU. And him and Thor still have a great relationship. I guess that's something else. So, I guess when Loki takes control of the ice giants or maybe... He is the guy, he has a friendlier relationship with Thor or maybe the Ice Giants and the Asgardians are getting on a little bit better because Odin actually found and rescued the prince and then Mm. brought him back to his people. And so then maybe it's, hey, we're pals now. Like you could, you know, rather than keep the guy's goddamn son, which is weird. And then uh, (laughs) (laughs) it's just like, you know, this is a fucking Theon Greyjoy situation and keep the guy's son. And then, uh, you know, raise him as your own. So Loki came back and he was kind of like Thor's cool, but still sort of Loki-ish, irresponsible kind of guy. What did you think of Loki's appearance in this episode? When Loki was like, yo, you know, this is my brother from another mother. I'm like, damn, good one. That was the one that made me chuckle. I was like, you guys got me. You guys got me. I love seeing Loki. I love seeing Thor together. Honestly, we already talked about it a little bit. I kind of wanted more Thor and Loki throughout this whole episode. I was just like, those two, always funny. But I will say, you brought this up earlier, where I do think that the episode did succeed, is that, yo, give me Captain Marvel and Thor against each other. Like, let's go. Like, give me the stuff you're never going to do in the movies ever. But I think they copped out. They copped out. Because for those that don't know, little recap, Thor and his buddies are destroying Earth. They're party, party, partying. 
finally, Maria Hill's like, I've had enough. She brings out the beeper from the first Captain Marvel movie. She presses it. Captain, Mar- Captain Marvel comes to clean everything up. And her and Thor go at it. Van, do you think that they copped out by not basically being like, this one is stronger than the other one? Yeah, they always do that. I hate that. I that's, hate why that. The, that's why the comics are... The, the, the MCU is amazing, but the comics are nourishing. You know what I mean? Because the comics, sometimes, just because you take an L at one point doesn't mean you're going to take an L like forever. Sometimes in the comic, I remember one time where like Jubilee like beat up the Reavers. You know what I mean? Like she, she, you know what I mean? Like sometimes yeah. is, is either someone's specific power set like means so much or like it, it, somebody gets caught on a bad day, they make a mistake. It doesn't mean anything to show one character actually definitively beating another character. It doesn't mean they can beat them forever. It just means that, you know, that day in that fight on that page and those panels, they won. And it's the like MC- the Hulk versus the thing fights. You know, you would always get like the Hulk versus the thing. The thing was always the loser. He was always the underdog. But there would be like a comic where like the thing just had a lucky day. He got a yeah. lucky shot in. Yeah. And it's just like, you know, Hulk is still stronger. But the whole point of the story is like, the thing finally did it. You know what I'm right. saying? Right. And in these, yeah, you're absolutely right. And in these, they do they do something where both characters are so strong that they fight to a stalemate. No, let's, you know. Wait, who do you like? Let's let's get the people going. Who do you think would win an actual fight? Thor from the first Thor movie or Captain Marvel? I don't know where in the time frame she is, but around her first movie level, power level. Captain Marvel. Mm. Captain Marvel. Why? Uh, I just think Captain Marvel is a little bit more powerful than Thor is. You know? Oh, just, is, just in the MCU? I think so. I mean, to be honest with you, they've done a good job of depowering Thor to make the movies make sense. So, I mean, <laughs> Thor, is, Thor, Thor is a super ridiculously powerful character, but I would still say that Captain Marvel, um, maybe, maybe regular Captain Marvel, no, but certainly in her binary form, like, she she's probably gonna kick Thor's ass a little bit, but I know it's mm. tough. It's tough, but once again, it just it it. I don't think one is definitively stronger than the other one. But if I had to guess one, I would say Captain Marvel. But the reality is that that's a situation where they can go back and forth. Either character can win a fight, and nobody's gonna like be up in arms about it. If you saw if you show Thor beating up Captain Marvel, okay, you you could do that. If you see Captain Marvel beating up Thor, hey, that could happen. So just give us a winner. God damn it. I think Captain Marvel, this version of her, more powerful than Thor. I right. think Thor Ragnarok version of Thor is coming out on top versus Captain Marvel. Well, Thor Ragnarok, he didn't even have his hammer. Yeah, but he had like the elect, like he was like more of a god of thunder. Like he was at like the peak of his abilities. But he still wanted Stormbreaker when it was time to fight. He still needed a new weapon. Wait, actually, actually, let me amend mine. Okay. Infinity War Thor. Bring me Thanos Thor. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That guy's a G. That guy's a, that guy's a G. <laughs> that guy's a G. So let's be honest. Captain Marvel is not the most beloved character in the MCU, right? She's not. They're going to kill us for saying this, but we like, let's just say her movie was not well received. Right. She's not the most beloved character in the MCU right now. Things change. Look, she's only had one movie, been in a couple others, a lot of places to go with Captain Marvel, and I'm excited about him. But don't you think, being that that's the case, Having her in the role of party pooper here was kind of them playing with the audience a little bit. 
you know, she comes in as the party pooper. And that's kind of playing with the audience a little bit. That it's all it's a drag when Captain Marvel shows up. I'll ask you a question, serious question. So in Endgame, you had Cap grabbing a ha- hammer. You had Avengers Assemble. You had, you know, uh, on your left, you had, uh, what else? You had the, the A squad coming in. You had uh, the snap, I am Iron Man, whatever, the Iron Man snap. Do you feel like Captain Marvel coming in and saving the day when she takes out, uh, I guess that was Sanctuary that was in the sky that was shooting down the people and, and, and raining fire on them? Do you feel like that was as a triumphant moment in the movie <laughs> as the Marvel brass thought that it You're was setting me be. up, bro. I'm asking you. <laughs> Absolutely not. I would <laughs> argue, I would argue that every single time Captain Marvel shows up in one of these movies, she's just like the wagging teacher, like, oh, you guys are messing the stuff up. I'm off world. Like, even at the end of, like, spoiler alert, at the end of Shang-Chi, she doesn't come off as, like, cool. Like, Hulk is the one who gets to be like, hey, guys, welcome to the team. Everything's going to be weird from here. And Captain Marvel's like, sorry, guys, I got to go. I'm busy. Even in the beginning of uh, Endgame, when she shows up, she's just like a hologram. She's like, has the weird haircut. And she's just like, ah, oh, stop fucking stuff. Weird. Me. Wow. Like she, what? <laughs> Comment on a woman's appearance. God damn. Oh, don't do that to me, man. I don't appreciate do We appreciate your contribution. Steve, delete this. Beep this out. Don't, no, don't, don't, delete, don't do, don't Steve, do this to me. Here's the thing. Don't fucking Here's the delete thing. a thing. Is this, they it, need to this know is who like, this man y'all is. trying to do me like Daniel Craig. Daniel Craig was just like, <laughs> oh, I don't think there should be a, like, a woman Bond. I think they should write better characters for women who are better than Bond. And everybody's like, he said no women Bond. And I'm like, guys, you didn't read the whole quote. The, my thing with Captain Marvel is I'm like, can't you just write better Captain Marvel roles? Why is she always the hero in every single movie who's there to, to your point, Van, be the party pooper. It's kind of depressing. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Can I ask you a question? And maybe I missed this in the episode. Where were the Avengers? They wouldn't have been formed yet. The Avengers wouldn't have been formed yet. Because this is from, this is the time period of Thor, the original Thor. Ah, the original Thor. So there are no Avengers. That's right. I mean, I they're out keep... there. Like, they're out there. Like, Iron Man is out there. And also, Nick Fury is unconscious. He gets knocked and so unconscious. so he's not going to get them together. Yeah, you're right. You know what I'm saying? He's off the board. You, right. You're trying to poke holes, but... I'm not trying to poke holes. Pre- I'm it waiting. It was pretty tight. It no, was a pretty I, no, tight I'm, episode. No, I'm, I, no you're, you're right. I'm not trying to poke holes. I was just waiting for one of these other guys to show up. But you're right. They hadn't been formed yet. So that's why you had to bring in Captain Oh, wait. Marvel. You want to know what was a, a character assassination that did, made no sense to me? What? They were making Jane Foster just like run out here. She was acting like a simp the whole episode. I'm like, this isn't the Jane Foster that I know. She does kind of have a, a soft spot for Thor, though. But like, come she does kind of like, have a soft she spot. She said, for I Thor. love you after like one orgy. Like, come on, don't do my girl like that. Right. Like, don't do, don't do her like that. Six Steve says that Tony Stark would have been out there partying with him. That's probably very true, sicko Steve O. <laughs> Steve would know. Steve would know. Steve would know. What a sick bastard. You guys, we were at Steve's house on Saturday night. Me and Jomi, we went over there and we, we hung out with Steve. You would never, ever guess some of the stuff that S- Steve has in his house. Did he show you his dungeon? He has a dungeon. Oof. Every different color. <laughs> beep that. But people are going to know. <laughs> like, beep, like, like, beep, beep that. But people, people need to know. Go ahead and beep it. 
Beep it. One day we're gonna <laughs> one day we're gonna we're gonna release the Midnight Boys. Uh, <laughs> I'll take uncut. opening bids for the for the cut shit right now. The Midnight Boys uncut. Nah, um, people don't realize we get wild. <laughs> we get wild. The Midnight Boys uncut. But Steve was a sick bastard. Had a lot of fun over there. Me, Jomi, and Steve over there. We were doing our thing. We missed you, bro. But we're gonna do it again when you get here. So look, uh, it ended on a very ominous note. We're gonna wrap up the episode recap right now. Um, out of a portal steps uh, an infinitely gauntlet version of Ultron and Vision. It's Ultron and Vision with the they Infinity Gauntlet. They spoiled this already. I Jeez. was just like, all right. Right. I have questions. Why in the episode like this, they are clearly projecting something that will end in a final battle with all of these characters coming back. It, it kind of gets me wondering what what if is wrapping up too. Now, obviously, there was a what if mid-season trailer that dropped. And in this mid-season trailer, you could see a lot of these things, a lot of stuff happened. We know that we're going to see Gamora and Thanos' suit. We know that we're going to see uh, Dr. Strange Supreme come back. Uh, you know, we know that a lot of these characters are come back and there's going to be some sort of grand schism or big fight. Do you have seen that vision? Do you have any theories on where that vision came from, where that vision Ultron Infinity Gauntlet person is? Like what, what, is there anything that we've watched thus far that you feel like lends itself to the creation of that particular being. I have no idea. I'm not even going to act like I have any predictions. I was just like, oh, cool. I knew he was coming, but yeah. I, the thing that I actually did think about, do we think that we're getting to a point where the Infinity Gauntlet, the Infinity Stones, are starting to become like devalued as a storytelling device? Absolutely. And they had to do that. I know I get that they had to do it. When I saw them do it in Loki, I was like, all right, cool, funny. Infinity Stones, paperweight, cool. Right. Then Zombie Thanos comes and he's like, oh, Zombie Thanos has the Infinity Gauntlet. What the fuck? And then they did it with Ultron. They're like, Ultron has the Infinity Stones and he's combined with Vision. And I'm like, guys, by the third time you do it, I'm not, I'm no longer shocked. I'm just kind of like, all right, cool. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Uh, all right. Like, I... I don't want to ever see the Infinity Stones again, if we're being honest. So, I mean, they had to do that because, even, you know, of course, like even in comic books, like you get to a situation to where uh, at one point they introduced the ultimate nullifier. And the ultimate nullifier is a weapon that cannot be stopped. It is the greatest weapon in the universe. Well, it can't stay like that <laughs> because if your story is going to evolve, then you have to find something that can either beat the, the ultimate nullifier, undo the ultimate nullifier, or is more powerful, or someone that can withstand the ultimate nullifier. Or you have to send it somewhere where nobody can get it, right? So they they set up, they want to raise the stakes. So in order to raise the stakes, you have to lower them at the same time, and that's why I think they're doing that very, very purposely with the Infinity Stones. Because you can't, because at this point, you know, if Kang comes around and he's messing around, you know, uh, and there's a Kang in your universe and you don't like him, and those Infinity Stones are going to work in your universe. Why don't you go grab all the Infinity Stones just to feature Kane? You know, but sure. so so they have they have to do something to move the story along. And they might that's you know by giving them by making them something that's formidable and not unstoppable. That, that's what they might be trying to do. And they, I think it's something that they had to try to do. The Watcher got caught off guard. You see, he seemed surprised. Like, oh, ooh. <laughs> you see, I like to see a little emotion from the watcher. The watcher was like, "Oh, no, you you shit, are the dog. watcher because he was just like things that ended happily ever after." And he's like, "Oh shit!" Like and he's like, "Oh fuck!" 
I ain't see this happening. It's like, yo, like, yo, man. Like, yo, Living Tribunal, you watching this? Like, you, like, you, what above all? Y'all seeing this? Who is this guy? I didn't, I don't know about this dude. And they actually, it was actually funny to me. I laughed because, like, when I watched it, you look at the watcher's face and he's like, oh, oh, this, oh, snap. And have you noticed that the watcher's getting closer to us? Yes. He's getting closer to us. Like, before long, man, the watcher's gonna be eating wings with us down here <laughs> on Earth. The watcher's getting closer to us. We see him, we see him, and he was up above high, but now, it's like he watching the Real Housewives. Every he's like, "Oh, there's some crazy shit going on, man." I'm the watcher. I gotta ask you this, Van. Before we see the final episode, where is What If ranked compared to other Disney Plus Marvel shows? This is our fourth so far. Where is it? Where is it falling? Right now, it's probably last. Yeah, yeah. What's your What's your list? What's your list? My list goes: Loki one, Falcon and Winter Soldier two. I related to the Falcon and Winter Soldier. I'm sorry, guys. They hate you for this take, but it's they the right take. They hate me. They hate it's me the for right this take. take. They hate me for this take. They hate me for this take. Falcon and Winter Soldier 2. WandaVision 3. What if 4? That's the list for me right now. Is there any way with the last episode that it can beat WandaVision or there's just no way at this point? There's a couple of episodes left. And yeah, there it is. It, it, Wait, there's a couple episodes left? Yeah, there's a couple episodes left. Oh, Jesus. Am I right oh, about this? Uh, jump oh, in the explainer. Jump in. There are two episodes left. I believe oh. there's the Gamora, you know, as Thanos episode, and then the big, you know, climactic battle in episode nine. You, you yes. ever been running and you're like, all right, I only got like one mile left. You like, I just heard we got two miles left and I'm like, oh, man. But Star Wars Vision I'm next week. I'm looking week, so. forward to it. Shut up. Shut up, Chuck. You're hating now. I'm looking forward to you the called stuff. what if number four, it, bro? It's, it's, it's well, not, you also said WandaVision was third. WandaVision and below, is below. I think there's a discussion to be had, but well, maybe WandaVision is definitely the, there's definitely a discussion to be had. A lot of people, a lot, no, nobody agrees with that, but that's what I think. Show me. I think the first few episodes, or actually Midnight the Court. middle part of WandaVision episodes four through seven. Are better than anything in Falcon and the Winter yeah, Soldier. Yeah, let's not do that. That's yeah. a lie. Let's not. It's kind of it's kind of like whack. That no, you said that. I think whack. it's true though. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. Right I think. I think Falcon, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Falcon and Winter Soldier had the whole internet going nuts. Who is power broker? Who is the PB? I'll, like WandaVision is eternally dinged for me for doing that Quicksilver reveal and then being like, "Ha, ah, he's Mr. Poopy Pants," and I'm like, "Okay, okay, no, wait, wait." Like, this is like, you make a, you make a great point though. Like, and we this is something that. We, and this is something that we've talked about off air, but they tease, no you know, Reed they, Richards. They, they, you guys, people read into stuff, right? That the, the show was not giving you, right? I, you can, I, something I talked about with, I think Arjuna at some point and Steve and Mal, when the show was airing was just like, we're not getting any of this. Like we were having these conversations in episode like six, episode seven. I'm like, y'all, like there's only, how much time can we like introduce all these? And characters? I think that's fundamentally the problem because. But I think, but well, is that on the so show? At, but stretches, but it is was that, so uninteresting that we were looking for something to pop. But is that on the show? Is that on you? I think that there right? are moments that's not in the on show. Us. That's not on if, the show. If Quicksilver appears, that's on the show. Quicksilver for sure. Like I, I can understand the Ralph Bonner. You know thing what I'm saying? Like if Quicksilver dumb. appears, 
Yeah. That is on the show. And the last episode devolved into a cheesy CGI battle between the protagonist and the antagonist. Of course. Like, yeah. it, 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 that it, is on the show. That I'm is not on saying, the show. I'm not saying that it, the show doesn't have the merits. I'm not saying it's perfect, right? What I'm saying is you can't blame the show for other people reaching, right? But, Taking stuff out of con- Like, oh, man, that's supposed to be important. Me. That's the supposed to be important. That's not on the show. With you liking WandaVision better than Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Can you let Van and I just have this? I, no, like, I, mean, I just think no, it was better than WandaVision. Everybody agrees. By the way, the best thing about the show, I loved what Elizabeth Olsen did and to be able to, I, like, I loved watching her. But it, it, they, it just got away from itself. It was very inventive, very amazing television. But I think I, I liked Falcon and the Winter Soldier better. I'm not saying okay. fuck WandaVision. We're just like, no, no, no. Opinion oh, yeah, yeah. No, I get it. Is that he likes Falcon and the Winter Soldier better? That's not taking you anything away. You know what? From Midnight Court. Midnight Court. No, because no, we're going to lose it. That's <laughs> Midnight Court. We're not going <laughs> to. <laughs> no. Midnight we know court. we're going to lose I don't care. One. I like the those. The whole internet courts. disagrees with us. I know. Midnight Court, though. Midnight Court. Jomi, pick your, pick whoever you want to come, come with you in Midnight Court. I'm going to get <laughs> Anthony. I'm going to get I'm, I'm gonna get uh, Paul Bettany and Elizabeth Olsen. I, I, I love that. I love both of those people. I love WandaVision, by the way. But I would say that's the ranking right now. With Hawkeye, almost assured to be five. Whoa! <laughs> whoa, whoa. <laughs> hey! <laughs> All right, that is it on What If... Episode seven. What if Thor had been born an only child? It, it in closing, I think it was a fun episode. I think it was a lighter episode. Not the best offering from what if right now, but still enjoyable. I feel like I'm enjoying this series a lot more than you are, Charles. I feel like you are like having a little what if fatigue. Like what if, if, Charles... if we're being honest, if we're being honest, I'm not hating the series. I don't think I've been like, oh, this is the worst thing ever. I'm just like, oh, not for me. I understand it's not for me. I kind of feel like the internet is is a little bit at a similar place. Like there is nowhere near the type of like like fervor around what if that there was for WandaVision or Falcon. It does seem like people are or even Loki, like people seem very much like, okay, uh, we got it. Okay, I'm with that. I understand. This episode is brought to you by Brooks. Calling all running nerds, Brooks has just dropped the Go 16, a sweet name for an even sweeter shoe. If you're looking for comfort for that morning jog or when you're hopping on that treadmill, look no further than the Go 16, which has a nitrogen-infused cushioning. That means it's nice, soft, and lightweight. So you got the comfort, but you don't sacrifice the speed. Turn those everyday miles into everyday endorphins and the better-than-ever Brooks Go 16. Click or tap the banner to learn more. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. It's time for a little group think, baby. Odds and ends. You know, we are, we've been so married to the MCU that we want to step away from the MCU a little bit and talk about They think we hate DC. Stuff. We don't hate DC. They think we, we do, hate though. DC. So they I'm going think to, we do. We I'm don't going, hate DC, guys. We're going to DC tomorrow. We don't hate DC. <laughs> <laughs> what a dad joke. Jeez. It man. is a dad joke. It is a dad joke. So what? 
we're going to take a time and step away from the, the MCU a little bit and talk about some of the other things uh, that should be on our radar. We listen to you guys in the Facebook group and in our mentions. Remember, hashtag Save Jomi. We've taken a look at a few <laughs> of these things and wanted to give our thoughts on some of the properties you've been talking about. There are not going to be any spoilers here because we realize that people are in different stages and watching some of this stuff. So we're not going to we're gonna do our best not to spoil it. But we're going to start with a show that like I got confused because I was driving down the street and I saw this billboard that said 463 of all the CEOs die. And it said, why the last man? And I was like, I thought that was a question. <laughs> I thought it was like, I, I'm not even joking. Jeez. I thought that was a question. I thought it was like, why the last man? Like, why the last man? Why the last man? Why, why the last man? I, I didn't. I, I come home and I like. I go, hey, you ever? What's this? Did you see the show that's asking the question, why the last man? Like, should, isn't there something missing from the sentence? And Kalika goes, no. Why is the last man? And I'm like, what? And she was like, all the men die, and there's one guy left. And I guess his name is why, or there's something about him that's why, or something. She's like, there's no question mark, idiot. She was so disappointed. It's so chromosome. You, it's the chromosome. It's the chromosome. Steve, Steve, let's bring it in here. Because I've seen the first episode of Why the Last Man. You're caught up. You've seen all four. Uh, for those that don't know, Why the Last Man was a critically acclaimed comic book by one of my favorite comic book writers of all time, Brian K. Vaughn. You know him from such hits as Saga, Ex Machina, Paper Girls, on and on. Love Brian K. Vaughn. This TV show has been in development for years. Like, this is something that people have been waiting for. Finally hit TV. Let's just say uh, it has not been received warmly. The story is that all of the all of the men with, uh, with the Y... What? The critics don't like it. The, the story of the show and the story of the comic book is that all of the men who have um, a Y chromosome die. Everybody with a Y chromosome is, like, wiped out. Except Yorick and his pet monkey, Ampersand. And they have to figure out why all of the chromosomes have gone and why everybody who is biologically a woman is still on planet Earth. Steve, did I get everything, basically, the gist of the series? Uh, pretty much, yeah. That, that's, that's pretty much been it. It's been a, uh, like, contentious uh, couple of bits of development for this show, so much that they've even recorded, or they, they taped one whole pilot and then threw that in the trash and then recast uh, the, t- the titular character, Yorick, and did it all again. Wait, what? And, yeah, they, yeah, they taped a whole pilot with, with a different actor, realized that it wasn't working, and then taped it again, which is Very odd Games for, of Thrones of them. Yes, like a lot of money to be thrown around for Hulu and FX just to be figuring out a pilot. Uh, having caught up with all four of these episodes, I can say that, uh, Charles, you've only seen the first episode. Uh, the... Show, in my opinion, is getting incrementally better with the passing of each episode. We can look at Yorick and probably see that he's probably the worst part of this show because he is. Yeah, he's annoying. In the in the books, he's like I would like to call him. He's a lovable dipshit. Like he's kind of just like a dumb, happy-go-lucky, out of out of work uh, escape artist. And in this show, he is kind of actively uh, kicking and screaming against his purpose in all of this. Of his responsibility to kind of figure out what is going on and why he is the one that is remaining. Uh, I can easily say that uh, 
the character of 355 is why you should watch the show. Agent 355 tasked with protecting and uh, figuring out why York is there is probably one of the coolest parts of the show. She's incredible. A lot of the other uh, female members of this cast is, is great. I think it's updated in a very good way. It addresses the existence of trans characters very well and is a, a, a premise that's pretty well established for making a good show. And I think it's finding its footing, albeit a little slowly. I encourage Charles to stick with it. Yeah, I'm on the fence. Stick with why the last man. You're on the fence. Why are you? Why are you on the fence? I love Brian K. Vaughn. I love the original comic. I do think that there's there's two things going on. The first is that watching a show about a pandemic during a pandemic, not great. It's not great. Like Sweet Tooth on Netflix. Watched the first couple episodes. Loved it. Think they handled the pandemic aspect of that show a little bit better. But it's just rough. The first episode is like basically reliving the last year and a half of our life. And it's ve- like it just put me in a bad mood. And I'm just like, ooh, this just came out at the wrong time. It is, it is bad timing for a show like this to just see like the end of the world again in such a horrific way. Yeah. And I do think that, you know, before we go on to the next show, I do think that we've all evolved as people in terms of just like, the politics of sexuality, of gender, of all of these things, why The Last Man was not written during that time. Uh, And now seeing it, I'm just like, oh, they're trying to kind of retrofit an old way of thinking into a new show. They're doing a a commendable job of it, but you can kind of see the seams. And I'm like, ooh, maybe maybe they should have just left this on the cutting room floor. But that's all I have on Why The Last Man. I'm Like Steve said, I'm going to keep with it, see if it kind of gets a little bit better. Okay, so we also have DC's Titans. Titan, 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 You got to talk about Titans. I love Titans. I love Titans. Really? Are you caught up? Yeah, I'm all caught up in Titans. I I refuse to watch it. Jomi, jump in. I'm here. I'm here. You got to lock in on Titans, Charles. Can you guys sell me on Titans? Because I saw all the promo a while ago. I've seen scenes. I got to be honest. I was like, I love the Titans more than anything. I can't watch them. Being, I, obviously, uh, you don't like them. That, I, I, I was, obviously, you don't like whoa, them. Whoa, 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 whoa. I love the comic books. I love the Teen Titans, the original show. I love Teen Titans. How, if you love the Titans this much, how could you not give the show a chance? Yeah. It, it, it looks shaky. I'm going to be honest. The nah, CGI gotta, looks shaky. The, you got to slide in. I, th- I think Charles just doesn't. I think he wants it to just be Teen Titans, and it's not that. And anything it's, that's it's, not that it's is... It's not. It's really not. Like, it's, you know, they're all, you know, grown-up adults, you know, and you have to, you know, in the show, they start off and they're just together. You know, there's no real explanation of how they, you know, came together. But in this series, you know, you see Raven, you see Starfire, you see Nightwing, and you see Beast Boy, like, have to, you Beast know, find each other Boy. and become a team. Yeah, you know? It's essentially like, in a, you know, the Nightwing show we'll never get. Right, like this is you know the Nightwing hour. He's great. He's great in this show. There's a lot. All right, give me a grade for the show because a lot of people have been saying that it gets better in season three, but you got to stick with it. Well, season one was the roughest season to me, to be honest. That's what that's what I'm afraid of. Season one looked rough. Season one was the roughest season to me. Season two, the show really found itself and what it is. I mean, season one was basically you know them all coming together. Season two is when the show really found itself. And what it is, season three now, to me, they're hitting 
the strides of being a really, really, really great television show. You know, I, I give the show a strong B to a, a B strong plus. B. A strong what's B, an a to plus, a B plus. What's an A plus to you in our in our realm? An A plus show, a television show, Loki. Okay, one rung below Loki, really? I mean, no, it's not one low. A Loki is an A plus. This is a B, so it's like it goes one A plus then A. Yeah. All right, um, all right, all right. B B minus if I'm being uh, like you. Which is skeptical and down <laughs> on everything, Damn. but it's definitely a B of a show. I, I see me. I, I give Superman and Lois an A. <laughs> I so, like Superman and Lois. So I, I like I, and Lois. So so I'd say a, a B for Titans. Titans is a great show. Titans. It, it's um, there's enough interplay. Enough there's there's stakes. You know. You know. They, they, these aren't all characters who are going to make it. Towards the towards the end, you know what I mean. So, and there's such a like an influx of like new characters that come right. in, pop in, show up. Like they're like, oh, I didn't remember them from the comics, or I remember them from the show, you know. So it's it's an enjoyable show. You should you should lock in. What about Doom Patrol? Now I gotta be honest with you guys about something about Doom Patrol. Doom Patrol made me tap out. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't expecting this. I thought you were gonna go hard. I thought you liked Doom so look, Patrol. I did like Doom Patrol. Doom Patrol just got too weird. It, it Doom Patrol tests the limits of, like, there's got to be some sort of narrative that I can hang on to. And that's the thing with me. Doom Patrol was uh, it's a very fun show to watch, a quirky show to watch, a good show to watch. It's like an otherworldly type of feel to the show. And they really nailed that about, you know, how the comic is and, you know, how the Doom Patrol has been both the old Doom Patrol and the newer Doom Patrol, but season two of Doom Patrol started to become a situation to where it just frustrated me how off the wall the show really was. For me, personally. I'm not saying that people, it's not a show that people should like or people should get into, but like, I found myself watching Doom Patrol as a chore to stick with it rather than looking forward to new episodes of Doom Patrol. Mm, tell me, are you caught up on Doom Patrol? So I'm going to be completely honest with you guys. I started Titans and Doom Patrol at the same time. I was like, let me you know, go back and forth and see, you know, just like watch them, you know, concurrently. And I fell off on Doom Patrol. <laughs> I couldn't. I could egg with it. Guys, guys, we were doing this segment. So, so you know, the Midnight Mob, which, you know, we show love to DC. And y'all telling me Doom Patrol ain't it. I think... Uh, to Vance's point, it's like it's out there, right? And where like Titans is is very grounded. Like they want you to believe like this is real, you know, like this could happen. Doom Patrol is just on another, on the opposite side of the spectrum in terms of what it wants you to believe. And so I'm sure like, you know, that I'm sure there's a point to where, you know, it comes back around, but I wasn't. I was I wasn't waiting to wait it out. <laughs> All right, so we got a recommend for Why the Last Man from Steve. We got a recommend from Van and Jomi for Titans, and right now for Doom Patrol, Van and Jomi are telling me not worth it in the nicest way possible. Not saying not worth it, saying not for me. Your mileage may vary. Mileage yeah. may vary. Mileage well, you may can vary. give it a shot. Yeah, you could give it a shot. You might love it. Nah, you, you guys know? get one wreck, and and y'all spoke highly <laughs> of Titans, so I'm gonna do Titans because we're about to talk about what I think is the crown jewel of what's happening. Even though you know the internet's mad at it now, but like fuck all that shit. 
Guys, Ted Lasso. Best show ever. Woo! Woo! It's hey. Eno. It's Eno. <laughs> Ted Lasso, man. It's a, all right, guys, can I, can I be real? You want to know what I hate about the internet? I'll shoot a nigga for Ted Lasso. Here's the thing, <laughs> Ted Lasso. Can we have good things? For to, I'll run through a wall for Ted Lasso. The internet is just like, uh, everybody likes Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso's basic. I'm like, can we just have one show that makes us all feel good and it's fine? I don't care. Like, I, like, I just want to enjoy myself every single Friday when I sit down to watch a new episode. Ted is hilarious. Like, oh man, I love this show. How are you guys feeling about the second season without any spoilers? I got to be honest with you. I love it. People were going in saying, hey, the second season fell off a little bit. Not to me. And the last episode that they just put out of the second season is one of the best episodes of television I've seen in a long time. Listen, Ted Lasso is a show that doesn't beat you over the head with the themes of the show. They just put the characters in a place to be influenced by each other and they let the comedy, the heart, and the healing come. And I fucking dig it. I, I dig it. Is there a little bit of a, a small part of it, the show that, you know, just is a antidote to some of the vitriol and the, 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 the fucking animus that we see out in today's society? Sure. Sure, there's a feel-good aspect to it. But also, you have well-written characters that learn lessons, that are willing to learn lessons, and that's spearheaded by the leader of the entire group, which is Ted Lasso, a guy who is just realizing that there's still a lot of things in his life that he needs to learn and a lot of things in his life that he needs to talk about. And I can relate. I love Ted Lasso. I don't give a fuck. Ted Lasso went out there and it won all of these Emmys and it deserved every fucking one. Every single one. Can I ask you, this is my theory about why people are so, like at least critics are starting to be like so anti-Ted Lasso. I think we're in a in a phase of like peak TV where everybody thinks that like every comedy has to be like in Atlanta. It has to be like this this thing that's showing us all of the things about race and blah, 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 blah. When Ted Lasso is more to me like in the vein of like a Scrubs. It's more in the vein of like a Parks and Rec. Something that's like funny, makes you feel good. You want to hang out with the characters. It is like a classic sitcom. And I think that's fine. I actually enjoy that about it. It do, Like you said, it doesn't hit you over the head with its themes. It's just funny with characters that you want to chill with. It's funny that you mentioned Scrubs because Bill Lawrence, the creator of Scrubs, is the yeah, head exactly. guy on this show. Yeah. And to your point, Van, about like this, people saying this season isn't as good as season, season one. Season one was like literally perfect. Right. It's oh, like absolutely perfect. It's like Giannis, you know, having the MVP and the DPOI year, you know what I'm saying? Coming back next year, you, there's no topping that. Right. Like it's still a great season, you know, but we don't need to be like, oh man, it's just not season one. It's still great. The haircut scene. Oh, so great. It's so probably the funniest moment the series has ever had, even if season one is better. The haircut scene, when that happened, I'm like, oh, man, this is genius. This is the best <laughs> I've ever seen. Wait, can I pitch you guys on one show? If I could pitch you on one show, I do think shout out to The Watch. You guys have to watch Reservation Dogs. Oh, yeah, I've watched it. It's amazing. It's a great show. It's amazing. I, I, like, I, I like Reservation Dogs because I just want to learn some new shit. I want to get into a new world and see some, some different characters represented. And not just for the sake of them being represented, for the sake of their story. Can I just talk about Reservation Dolls for one second? Yo, go it's off. Not that I, it's not that I want to see 
diversity for the sake of diversity. I want to see diversity for the sake of humanity. I want to see stories about people. You know, Reservation Dogs caused me to go onto Netflix and watch a documentary about a basketball team um, from a reservation, I think, in Arizona and how much basketball meant to them. It made me like dip my toe into the, the rhythms and the feelings of a different culture, not for the sake of saying that I did it, but for the sake of them for the sake of their culture, for the sake of what they go through, for the sake of the beauty and for the sake of the experience that they actually bring and give us. That's the enriching part about the show. People watch these shows like they're chores. They're not chores, they're people. And that's like, that's why I like the show. This is stuff I enjoy hearing and seeing other shit because it's different and it's beautiful and it makes me feel a part of them. So Reservation Dogs is good, not because it's different. It's good because it's good. I will say this. This has nothing to do. The reason I love Reservation Dogs is I'm like, it plops you in a new place that we never get to see on TV. And like, says, deal with it. They're like, yo, this is our slang. This is where we live. Rock with it. They don't un- over explain it. It's almost like watching The Sopranos when you're like, oh, like this is about like an Italian family. This is like a mob story, but this is about like Italians eating food, arguing with people. It drops you in. It's like, all right, we're going on a ride. Reservation Dogs is like, we're going to drop you in a place that never gets represented. And we're just going to show you how we live. Like you said, it is not a chore. It's just funny. Like, I it's laugh. It's funny. It's just- I laugh more just being like, I don't even get half the references, but I just love it. Like, you right. guys got to try this show. I love this show. It's a great show. All right. I was going to ask who is Marvel's Ted Lasso, but I think we all know who it is. Who's Marvel? What's Ted Lasso? Captain America. <laughs> yes. Don't let Jomi hear that. Don't let Jomi hear that. Why, Cap- Jomi? Who do you think? Ted Lasso... Could be Captain America, but Captain America can never do Ted Lasso. All right. All right. So, all right. All right. Cut his mic. All right. No, nah, I mean, I'm listen. Listen, this is a state fact. You know, <sighs> he basically what I'm is Captain. He basically is Ted Lasso. I mean, Lasso, here's the thing, the though. Like world. Ted Lasso would never lie to his homies. You know what I'm saying? I was just gonna say, guys, before we go to mailbag, because this episode is already long as hell. You weren't wrong, wrong about Animatrix. You were firing on all cylinders, man. Animatrix has me so hype for Matrix. Locked in. So locked in. It's, be- it's better than the other two. Like, it's Matrix, and then the Animatrix, and then the other two. Yep. Locked in. We're locked so, in. So, I'm just going to say, for, Ma- for Matrix 4, like, just learn from the Animatrix. Like, I just want, tell me heartfelt stories about man versus machine. That's it. Like, the stunts are cool. We want to see the stunts. We want to see all of that. But just give me a nice allegory. Like, yeah. just make me cry a little bit. I loved Animatrix. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. All right. Animatrix is it, but so is your questions. It's time for Midnight Mail. The Midnight Mail. Thank you to everyone who submitted audio questions to us. From now on, we're only going to rock with audio submissions. So you have 
to talk to us. So you get a voice memo on your phone and send it to us. Steve hit us with the first audio message of Midnight Mail. Hello, my name is Ian from Phoenix, Arizona. I just want to say what's up to the Midnight Boys of Ann and Charles, especially Jomi and Bo Bonham. Oh, my bad, I meant Steve. But my question is, <laughs> is there a sci-fi truth that you think is underrated or that you recommend? For me, the most recent Planet of the Apes movies are severely underrated and I would like to see more of them. Please and thank you. What science fiction trilogy is underrated? Uh, he, he, Planet of the Apes is a fantastic example. Oh, I those love movies the were Planet fan, Wait, Those movies were amazing. Is that a trilogy? I thought there was more than three of those. No, well, no, it's just the three, right? It was... Uh, uh, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, Rise of the Planet of the Apes, and then War of the Planet of the Apes. It's Dawn love of the those Planet of the Apes, Rise of the Planet of the Apes, and now it's War of the Planet of the Apes. War of the Planet of the Apes. Steve once said that War of the Planet of the Apes is something that happens every Saturday night in Compton. God damn. <laughs> Come on, man. Van. You gotta you gotta Enough. you gotta stop. Enough. <laughs> stop. You gonna get this man canceled. Me <laughs> being so racist bad. is pretty is a pretty good bet. I will say that. Uh, Steve is so not racist, guys. He's like <laughs> He's so not racist. Steve is like, what's crazy too? Somebody's gonna believe you and hit up Steve not, and be like, "I see the guy. vision, Steve." He's the racist guy. Yeah, Steve. Justice for January sixth. Let's go. Oh God! If you're not, if you're not careful, yo. We ain't doing this to my man Steve anymore. Oh, right? my God. Oh, we ain't doing this to my man Steve. Look, I wish I, could have, I wish I could bring something that was better than that, but I think Planet of the Apes is like the... Uh, I think Planet of the Apes is the... Uh, I think that's the best... I think that's the best example because there are not too many other trilogies, full trilogies that I could think are like super underrated. You know what I mean? So, but the Planet of the Apes trilogy is criminally underrated so i would have to say that i can't think of any more off the top of my head i can i can think of one that i think to me is very very underrated okay as time has passed i feel like as a society we for we forget how good those first two x movies were like we like as time goes on the mc like the original the original x-men like x1 x2 and x3 is not great the original x-men is a legitimately bad movie Whoa. Oh, that's very the yeah. original X-Men? X-Men yeah. 1? Yeah. Hugh Jackman, Patrick Stewart. Every that's a bad movie. X-Men 1. X-Men 1. The original X-Men is a legitimately bad movie. Wow. Interesting. We're not okay. doing this today. All right. We're All not right. doing this today. We're not doing with the disrespect. You know what, you know what the crazy disrespect. thing is? Let me t- I'll tell you what the crazy thing is. I know why y'all feel this way. Y'all feel this way because y'all much younger than me. And so y'all watch that shit as kids. I was 20 when that shit came out. And when we went to see that movie, everybody was disappointed. Like everyone was. The legitimate, to me, the, 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 the first X-Men, X2 is great. The first X-Men is a legitimately like a bad movie. Is it is it worse than X3? Hell no. Okay, for sure. For sure. All right. <laughs> like, like, for like, sure. like X3 is something different. X, X-Men is bad, but it's still something to where we all went. It's okay, not then, bad. To, to, it's, it's still not something. Bad. It's still it's still something to, to where we all went. The next one is going to be like fantastic. They just had to get a lot of stuff out of the way. It was I a, would argue the first X Men is iconic. It's okay. iconic. I mean, that's generational. I'll be honest with you. That's generational. Next question. Hi, Midnight Boys. Phew. 
This is Jessica, a Midnight Rider, definitely not part of the Midnight Gang. I love your show. I love watching whatever shows you're about to talk about and then listening to you guys. Um, my question is, what show do you currently not talk about or you haven't talked about that I should be watching? I know you referenced Superman and Lois occasionally a couple times. And I definitely want to watch that show now that it's has finale. But is there any other shows that have been on in the past like year or so during COVID that I should be checking out as well? Thanks. And have a great day. Pew pew. So positive. Love, love positive. to see it. Yo, Van, what, what shows are you rocking with? Let's see. Lupin. Lupin, Ooh, I love Hell yeah. That Lupin slaps. Lupin is a show that we don't talk about that I really enjoy. Lupin is dope as hell. If you get a chance, check out Lupin. It's over there on the old Netflix. So uh, if you get a chance, check out, check out Lupin. I, I like Lupin a lot. So uh, we already talked about a lot of them. You know, my number one for everybody, the Midnight Mob, Midnight Writers out there, run those Reservation Dogs numbers up. My favorite show of the year. Ted Lasso killing it. Recently finished Mayor of Easttown. Phenomenal. Just Good show. phenomenal. Like, Good show. Kate Winslet. Oh, man. Zabel. He, fuck Zabel. I'm your boy. Come out. Uh, Mayor of Easttown. Yeah, I think those are the three that, like, this year, I'm just absolutely rocking with. Yo, Jomi, Steve, y'all got anything? I think the show that I want people to start watching, and we talked about it last time we did Midnight Mailbag, Laura Dex, man. Star Trek Laura Dex. I'm not mm. a huge Star Trek fan. Like, I saw the the new movies, and I was like, all right, this is cool. And uh, Star Trek Laura Dex came out on, on the old Paramount Plus, and I was like, hey, I'll slide it. I love it. <laughs> it's so much fun. <laughs> it's like, you know, it, it's like, like a workplace comedy, you know, in Star Trek. We forget all the, you know, the bridge officers and everything. What about the people who make the ship work? You, you know forget that there's like 3,000 people on that ship. Yeah. yeah. And it's it's just so much fun. The adventures to get into, like the comedy, the characters. Everyone should be watching. Get a Paramount Plus subscription and start watching Star Trek Lower Decks. Cool. That's actually good. So I, I like Star Trek. I like Star Trek. That's, that's dope. That's dope. Lower Decks. Swab the decks. Swab them up. All right, next. My Midnight Boys. Yes. This is Ian from Seattle. Uh, first, I just want to say I'm a mail carrier up here. And I started around the same time you guys started. So thank you for being on this journey with me. And my question is, if you could recast the original Avenger squad, 2012 Avengers, who would you uh, cast and why? All right, thank you guys so much. Love you all. This is a y'all got a preface for these questions. That's a big question. You know what? I'm going to take that question on the next episode. All right, you want you want to put a pause in that one? Yep, yep. So that's that, such, that's a, good such question. a good question. Yeah, we should just we should have a segment for that. Yeah, that's such a good question that we're gonna. What's his name again? This is Ian from Seattle. Ian from Seattle. So we're gonna do an Ian from Seattle segment. We're gonna recast. <laughs> wow, on you the scored, next, Ian. We're gonna we're gonna recast on the next Midnight Boys. We're gonna recast the 2012 Avengers. Yo, he gets a Midnight Gold Star. That was a really a, good question, man. That was a really gets, good question. It's a Midnight Hat. <laughs> That's the first the first bit of merch we got. Midnight yeah. Hat. Midnight Hat. He gets a Midnight <laughs> Hat. He gets to be. He's a, a Midnight Hat. Now you we don't got no hats for you. <laughs> That's the kind of thing. But he's, he gets he gets a midnight hat. We got like a cowboy hat, like midnight. He gets a midnight hat. That's a great question. It's a great question. 
So a whole, whole segment dedicated to you. Last one. Hi, my name is Susie. I'm a big fan of the show. And one thing I love is when Charles pitches ideas and Van gives a green light or a red light. So my question is, can you please pitch some ideas for romance-centered MCU films? I don't mean where romance is incidental to the plot, but is sort of the main drive of the movie. It can be a rom-com or a big, weepy romantic drama. It can start current characters or future ones. I'm not picky. I just think if Kevin Feige believes superhero movies can explore all these different genres, then why not romance? I know you all are a wellspring of ideas, so let's go. Please, for all your romance fan listeners out there, or maybe it's just me, but thank you so much. Can I pitch one to you, Charles? Yeah, of course. I'll give you, I got a few, you pitch mine. And Joe, me, Steve, I think we should all give red light, green light, yellow light. Okay. Easy go. Perfect. Mine is called A Weekend in Budapest. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> and it's about the mission in Budapest and about the one time that Black Widow and Hawkeye thought that they were going to die and they let their relationship go a little bit too far. And it's told by it, it, it actually is told not from, it's not told from the time that it's happening in Budapest. <clears throat> it's actually starts out uh, during a conversation between them. You know, when it cuts away on Vormir, where it cuts away and it comes back to them. <laughs> They've talked about this during that time before Natasha sacrifices herself. Because, you know, they're on Vormir. It cuts away and it cuts back to them on Vormir. Like, during that time, they had a conversation about the one time that things went a little bit too far in Budapest and how they were there, how they always had this attraction to one another, how they've never talked about it. They talk about it then, and that's the whole movie. And at the end, that's how they both are so okay with sacrificing each other for themselves, sacrificing themselves for each other, shall I say, because they've finally gotten all of these things off their chest. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be real. I'm going to give that a yellow light. Because yeah. I don't know if I want to see Jeremy Renner uh, <laughs> this is a, this will be very important when we recast our 2012 Avengers. Yeah, I don't know, maybe. If I, like, I just don't want to imagine Jeremy Renner and Scarlett Johansson having sex. So I'm going to give that a yellow light. For the sake of the story, I'll also give it a yellow light because I think a big question is, does this happen when Clint has a family or not? It does. Oh, mm. boy. Ah. Ooh. It does. No, I can't allow that. It Man. does. What you mean? Clint's a Man. dubious dude already. We it can't happens. have him straight up. No. Well, well it I mean, happens. Not to be that guy, but the timeline would suggest that, like, it was a while ago because Natasha had been, you know, you know, a Russian spy and she'd been in S.H.I.E.L.D. You know, like, we're talking, like, maybe, like, because she was young. Like, it had, like, they left for Russia in, like, 96 Right, so this is before 2008, because Iron Man Two happened six months after Iron Man One. It's a great right? story. I'm also, this it. had been talked about before, but like if we re-examine the amount of times that Nat and Clint were weird in front of Clint's family, it's kind of a lot. Like she has a necklace that he gave him that she carries for him through like 
all of Winter Soldier. I'm telling you, it went down. Like went she was down. real quiet on that farm in Ultron too. It's it's kind of mm-hmm. it is kind of weird, but I I I think the timeline was just that if they did, if Budapest happened before, he might have you know he might have had a girlfriend maybe, but he definitely didn't have kids back then. But I'm I'm with I'm with Charles and and Steve. I'm gonna give it a yellow light. I like the premise. Um, I think you know it'd be interesting to see you know those characters together, like actually like you know, Bond, because they just tell us that, you know, they're close. You know, they have like one or two moments. And by the way, this movie, Three Nights in Budapest, A Weekend in Budapest, is rated NC-17. Yeah. Okay. Hard red. Hard red. You are digging yourself the deepest, <laughs> deepest, deepest one. My first one, Young Avengers, I think if that's a Disney Plus series, it should all be about the teenage romance between Wiccan and Hulkling. Obviously, you have hijinks with all of their friends and all of the young Avengers, like, blah, 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 blah. But the heart of that story is like the first queer love story in the Disney Plus MCU universe between Wiccan and Hulkling. My second one is that I think the next Spider-Man movie should have Venom in it, but we, we age up Tom Holland and Zendaya, and it's a marriage movie. I think those two, like, go to Vegas, run away, get married. All the people in their life are like, this is crazy. And they got to fight off like Venom and Carnage and people who are trying to ruin their honeymoon. Venom. Those would be my two. That's him. <laughs> yeah, Man, right, Joe, Steve, quickly, Young Avengers, does that get a uh, green green light, yellow light? I'm, I'm green lighted, by the way. You get green light for that, yes. You know my green my Young Avengers agenda. That's a green light for me. All right, and then Spider-Man, a marriage story. Venom. Green, yellow, red. Uh, is yellow light swap Venom for Deadpool and we're good. Venom for Deadpool. Yellow. Yellow light. De- Deadpool's always had a crush on Spider-Man. I want that to be pursued. I want Spidey, I want Spidey ducking Deadpool's advances all the time. Yeah, if you swap Spidey for Deadpool, that's a yellow light. I don't want to see Venom in in Vegas ruining Tom Holland, Spider Man. Venom's Spider-Man. been horny for all the wrong reasons. I just don't too he's, long. yeah, he's 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 too much being in love with himself. <laughs> right? Like people, <laughs> there's no the question. Way. We'll we'll answer this on the Venom one. I always wonder: Is Venom there when like when uh, what's his face is? All right, we'll see you guys next week <laughs> with Star Wars <laughs> visions. <laughs> right, uh, right. That's a wrap for us, you guys. <laughs> on Midnight Boys Friday, make sure to join Mal for a deep dive into Star Wars visions. Uh, we will be back taking a look at Star Wars Visions next week. I am so excited for Star Wars Visions. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, and the return of anime. I'm in so I'm in I'm up to my neck in anime. I'm up to my neck in anime. I'm the I am the Crunchyroll king right now. Okay. Uh, remember at Ringerverse is on Facebook, IG, and Twitter. Join and send questions, ideas, and thoughts. If you are going to tweet us on Twitter, make sure you use the hashtag hashtag save. Jomi. Uh, producer credits. Our producer is Steve Allman. Jomi at dinner on hashtag save Jomi is on socials and additional production from Arjuna Ramgopal and TD. Charles, take us out. Guys, I'm coming to LA. I'm so excited and I can't take it. But please, I implore y'all to understand Steve Allman is not racist. <laughs> 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 we out.
when Rocket showed up, I'm like, y'all freaky on another level. What you mean, you freak on another level? Rocket can't get down? Rocket's are basically a human to me. Rocket's got emotions. Rocket's <laughs> got a point has a of view. Penis. Probably true. Well, not probably true. <laughs> Definitely true. I don't know if Rocket what, 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 what else would he have then? He was put together by what? all of these people. Who knows? So you I think, wait, whoa, 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 before we get off this, you think that the people who put Rocket together saw his raccoon penis like, nah, fuck that, and gave him like a human one? They might have. <laughs> all I'm saying is you can't rule it out. That's all I'm saying. 